Welcome back, boys. How's it going? Hey. We got a guest this week. First guest. Michael. Yep. But real quick, before we get into the fun of this podcast, we'd like to, if anyone doesn't follow our social media, uh, we did get banned. Me and Jackson here got banned off of Facebook for admitting a group for the podcast. That so nothing that was, cool. was even in. There yeah. was nothing in it. Damn nothing. Shame. Except for an episode update. Yeah. That was it. It was like literally one or two. Yep. Not even. What a shame. They just don't like us. It's just no. banned indefinitely. It's, that's the fucked up part is banned indefinitely. <laughs> the best part is, is we're not even a big podcast by small standards. <laughs> it was, you know, it kind of made me upset too because I was trading my truck for a Jeep <laughs> and uh, I didn't have any information besides my Facebook like messenger. And, uh, yeah, that band too. So I can't find yeah, the guy. It didn't, it didn't even like just get rid of the group. It banned our personal accounts. I'm glad you guys didn't make me admin for that. I like Facebook, not the company. I just like the memes. That's what Reddit's for. Yeah. All right. Reddit's Anyways, for all. I think so. Got that one out of the way real quick. So that's cool. Mike, my man. Yeah. What's up? Introduce yourself to the podcast. Yeah, tell us a little okay. bit what are about you yourself, about? what so, the people okay. so I can need you, to know. I'll give you a brief rundown about me. 19, graduated high school a couple years ago. About a year out of high school, I started my first business, which I then sold. Then about a year and a half out of high school, I started working for Farm Bureau Insurance. I've been there for, what, six, eight months now. I'm getting licensed in PNC, Life and Health. Also, I work partner up with a mortgage company, so I'm working on getting my mortgage license as well. Making money moves. He's making big money moves. Something like that. So what was your first business that you sold? First business was a little detailing business. Me and one of my buddies sold. I ended up buying out or selling out and uh, he bought it out for me. Early on. Very early on. Yeah, we were up and running for a little over a year. I mean, I still do a lot of the business side of it, but I sold out most of my share in it. Now I just run the... You're business. a working partner. Yeah, I'm a working partner in it now, and I just take a flat rate for every uh, job. So you get royalties? Yep, pretty much. Very cool. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Is yeah. that kind of what uh, what Jeff Bezos did with Amazon? No, well, I guess no. he didn't really sell Jeff, any of his shares. Yeah, no, Jeff is still uh, the majority shareholder of Amazon. Yeah. He still owns. He's just not He's not. He's not the CEO. He's yeah, not he's the not CEO. CEO. He is a CEO, yeah. He's just the owner of it. Yeah, so he just makes money. He doesn't really yep. have to work anymore. Smart Which way to do nice. Yeah. Which is the goal for every... so everyone. Everyone demonizes him for Amazon when it's not even him anymore. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't run the company. Exactly. He's not making not any anymore. decisions. He did set, set the groundwork for all the bullshit, though. Oh, for I mean, sure. But at the end of the day, his hands are clean now. He's not the... Yeah. He should working Working way. for Amazon and actually being a part of that for a year... I can safely say I never hated Jeff Bezos. He was never the issue. It's 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 the small scale management really oh, is what 100%. it is that makes the dumb decisions that that make people's lives shitty in these warehouses. That's the problem with all huge corporations is the management yeah. of them. Yeah, not even corporate management. It's just small level management. Management. Yeah, they get a power complex when they're put in a superior exactly. position and they just run with it. And are never really taught how to be effective leaders. Yeah, none of them ever realize there's there's a bigger fish all the time. 
Yeah, I had like six managers in a, in the course of a year of working there. They swapped out so fast; it was absolutely insane. And so they were all. Like, it was like it was like they slowly, progressively got dumber as time went on. So, such a high turnover job. Well, Bezos did say that uh, when he or it was on record, but he said talking about the warehouses and the employees there. He said he really only wants them to stick around for two years and then fire them because uh, they tend to get less productive and more unmotivated. 100%. I mean, oh, I was unmotivated after like week three. Yeah. Once you get somewhat, if you've been a place two years, you're getting comfortable there. You're not as, not as good of a worker anymore because you're comfortable with your position. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also really no structure to move up in that company. No, there's not. No, there's and not. The cool thing about it was though, is they do actually help you usher you like into a legitimate career. They do provide things like you can go and get like a registered nurse degree or go into mechanical type shit like that. And then end up coming back and making double what you made in that same warehouse. There it's stuff like that. But like for your ground level starter people, life sucks. Life sucks there. <laughs> It is, it is absolutely awful. Or we can talk about the delivery drivers having to piss in bottles and shit in bags. Oh, with UPS? Dude. With what? UPS. Well, I know UPS is very cutthroat with stuff like that. Like yeah, but it was especially brought attention to with the Amazon delivery drivers. Oh, it was just our delivery drivers. It was people in our warehouses. There were oh, yeah, bottles you're... of piss inside of, the, uh, inside of the bins that we were working in. Well, yeah, because what? You guys only get so much downtime to go to the so, bathroom and it takes you like five minutes to walk to the bathroom because the warehouse is so fucking big. No, it's not even that. Cause you drive everywhere. You're on heavy machinery 90% of the time you're on uh high lows. But the thing is, is like, that's just people being fucking lazy. That's what that was. That was people being de- degenerate pieces of shit and leaving disgusting urine bottles everywhere because they didn't feel like going to the bathroom. Now there is a thing called time off task and they abbreviate it to TOT. You get 30 minutes of that a night for your 10 hour shift. See, that's, which that's illegal. It no, really, not anymore. It no, was very not. manageable. Honestly, I never actually got a, 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 what they call the write up or anything like that because of time off task, because how it works is like, it works five minutes after whatever the last thing you progressively did in the system. So it was like you could, if you were a stower, you scan something real quick, go to the bathroom, come back out. I mean, for guys like me, you take 15, 20 minute shits. It's a little bit harder. And I'd have to shit every day when I get there because I come home, go to sleep, wake up, go right back to work because I worked dog shit hours. But like for people leaving their trash in these bins and just not being sanitary in general, that's just being a fucking degenerate. I can't blame Amazon for that you definitely have enough time to go take a piss. Aren't they a little more strict on the delivery drivers though? Uh, yeah, for our drivers, they're a lot more strict than our, than our warehouse workers. Like have- you, you have an app on your phone as a delivery driver. Most people will bring like an iPad or an old iPod or something and download the app on there. But like if they had you playing music through like an aux cord or anything like that, they can write you up and they can fire you for that. I mean, they, they kind of have to be like that, though. There's so much liability. Yeah, exactly. Someone to drive a corporate-owned vehicle under a corporate policy, auto policy, which there's well, so much liability at their hand where they need to make sure their drivers aren't distracted or they're not yeah. taking out-of-the-way trips and stuff like that. 
So I understand that. From what I understand uh, on the like day-to-day, like house-to-house deliveries, not like 18-wheelers or anything like that with those stupid little vans that you see everywhere, Yeah, those are, I believe those are outsourced. Those are uh, third parties. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I don't know if it's anybody big like U.S. Postal Service or anything like that, but yeah, I believe they were outsourced and that's why it gets so strict. Well, the U.S. Postal Service still handles the majority of Amazon's mail. That's very true. Yeah. See, is Amazon's whole prime overnight, same day shipping really that sustainable long run? I would, I would say on a, on a, like from the fulfillment center I worked at. Yeah. Well, right now it's not. Yeah. No, right now it's not. No. With snail mail being the way it is. I mean, all posted services are so backed up right now. There's no way they could, if the mail keeps getting worse and worse and worse, like it has the past few years, no way they're going to be able to keep that up. I mean, in, in six years, they're probably going to be fucked. Probably even less than that, to be honest. I just think they're over-promising and well, once eventually they, going to be under-delivering. Once they get into the unmanned aerial deliveries like they want to with like the drones and shit, then yeah, I'm sure it could happen. But I until think we're that, still years out on that, though. Yeah, but I, I don't even really see that becoming a thing. I do I, with honestly, Amazon. They're such a progressive company. I mean, they're... They were the first real huge online mega market. I mean, yeah, you had your Ebays, you had your Craigslist, stuff like that. Well, there's the there's always the Silk like, Road. Exactly. But they're the they're the pioneers, if you know it, like in this industry. Yeah, of making so, things that are that yeah. seem that unattainable, extremely attainable. They're so progressive where I feel like if any company is gonna do it, it's gonna be Amazon. And I have a feeling within the next ten years that'll be a very realistic possibility. Well, yes, because everything Amazon does is in an attempt to make more money. I feel like like it's going to be on a a very restricted scale because like for people living by like air bases and shit that I don't think they're going to clear drones for that. No, I don't think they're going to clear drones for those. Or like like Detroit. Oh, all I got to do to nab a package is walk outside with my nine millimeter and put around in this fucking drone. All right. Come on. The FAA FAA is going to hammer down such harsh restrictions on that just because of the dangers of having the amount of drones they would have to have to sustain it in the airspace. Yeah, but, but Amazon, you got to think, I mean, drones are only flying at a thousand feet. Yeah, yeah. Amazon's already yeah, but, deployed it. They've used it before. Yeah, They've yeah, but they haven't, they haven't done it on a large scale yet. I want to see those motherfuckers deliver my smoker through a drone. I want to see how they get that done. Okay, well, they're not going to do everything <laughs> via drone. Yeah, obviously. You can order Small order, packages. Yeah. You can order a motorcycle off Amazon. I don't see a... You can order a truck off Amazon. Yeah, I don't see a yes, CGI Mav- Maverick or Mavic, whatever it is, delivering your dirt bike to you. Yeah, it'll be like small packages and groceries and yeah. pharmacy because Amazon does all that too. They do have the pharmacy now. Yeah, I saw that. It'll, it it yeah. won't be any major Which, items. They that have was, uh, uh, private sites for that one. That is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, most definitely. 100%. But, but like, I mean, you got to give it to him. You can demonize uh, Bezos all you want, but God, is he a good oh, businessman? I, I would never demonize Bezos. Oh, no, Bezos think, is a fucking is I think, a marvel. I think people that demonize him are just jealous. 100%. It's the same thing with Elon Musk and everything. Yeah, everyone yeah. thinks Elon Musk is some crazy guy. He's not. He's a genius. He definitely has grounds to be a Bond villain, though. He's the oh, richest yeah. man in the world. I yeah. mean, what do you want from him? Yeah, he's, exactly. he's, yeah, he's hilarious, pretty much too. Anything he's a right meme. Now. 
He's a straight up meme. Yeah, but if you listen to Elon talk, he's the one posting him. <laughs> if you listen to Elon talk, he is such an intelligent guy. It's cool. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like you listen to him on like Rogan. I know he's been on Rogan a couple times. He's, he got so, he got in so much trouble. Yeah, for smoking. Yeah, with his, yeah, with his board. His board is like, bro, you cannot do that shit. Well, yeah, because they lost uh, their share prices tanked, and he lost like a, over a billion dollars. That's right, Mark. One night. Marky that was Mark. what his podcast with that was what three years ago? Yeah, I, I would so, say yeah. three, four years ago. And look at him now. I don't think it really matters. No, because he doesn't care, and he's such a genius that he can any he can do whatever he wants and make money from it. I mean, he yeah. lives off the hype of his products. He yeah, have I mean, the market. He's I've a marketing genius. Elon is so good at making people love his companies. He made people like a fucking tunnel boring company. Exactly. Yeah. Like the most boring company in the world. He was like, yeah, we'll sell you the dirt and build you a fucking castle. Yeah. And he's a genius. He's like, you know what? What do people want? A flamethrower. Yeah. And then he lists it as Bam. not a flamethrower. And exactly. So he can sell it. And so he, he sells sell it, it under the boring company so he can dig a tunnel through LA. Because who the hell thinks of, yeah, you know what? Wake up one morning and just let me just dig a tunnel through a massive metropolitan. My guy's area. on some Tony Stark shit. He is. Well, he is the modern day. He is a real-life Tony Stark. Well, look at how he went about creating the infrastructure for Tesla. Like, Who else in this world could have done something like that? No one. Who else he, could have made people love really, really shitty electric cars? Who else, in the course of 10 years, could have took a business no one's fucking heard of into this massive multi-billion dollar company? Yeah, he's a genius. Because he started it all with, what, PayPal? Yeah. He sold yeah, PayPal, he created, and sold, created sold PayPal, then started Tesla and all of, and SpaceX and all these other companies. And SpaceX almost went bankrupt a good amount of times trying to get figure out their rockets. Yeah, but he was personally that, funding it for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what he does. He makes all this money to pour it into something he truly believes in, which is space exploration. Yeah, that's one thing that he's he's definitely got on Bezos. Like, yeah, cool, you went into space, but I landed my own fucking rocket. Well, I mean, the company is basically self-sustaining now. How well, cheap a- it is to launch your own satellites into space? There's oh, yeah. no other company to go through besides SpaceX. And they have well, a uh, they have a deal with NASA now, don't they? Yeah, where they're working. The thing in with Harrison. Blue Origin though is there's a lot of controversy about their launches. Like, do they actually go into space, or are they just high atmosphere? You know, they're high atmosphere. They're not even in orbit. You're not. I don't believe you're really into space unless you're orbiting. Like, yeah. it's not the same. Yeah, but yeah, the but pioneer of all this was Virgin. Yeah. 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 Yep. He started it all. Yeah. Richard Branson, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who started all of this. And now he's selling yeah. tickets to go into space for a quarter million dollars a pop. Yeah, but Elon did it better. Oh, 100% Elon did it better, but he was Elon hasn't done any civilian flights, though, has he? No. Not he yet. Not. No. He said, what was his time frame? He wants to do it by 2030. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he then, wants to get. Well, he's uh, talking about go, taking people to Mars. Mars the first but, mission, yeah, well, the, the first mission to Mars is 2022, and that's a, yeah. the first supply mission. The first human mission to Mars, I think, his time frame was 2024. He also said that he wants to put a transport a million people to Mars by like 2050 or something like that. 2040, 2050. Yeah. Do you guys want to be the first podcast on no. Mars? Yes. No, I do not want to be the first person on Mars because in today's no, world, I want to be the no. first person. It's a one way trip. On Mars. Yeah, I mean, he already trip. said it's a one way trip. It's most likely going to be a one way trip. They won't get a rocket to you fast enough to be able to get you back. Yeah. As soon as they launch you, they have to launch one right behind you. 
essentially. Yeah, that's yeah. why they're doing the uh, supply mission first. Two years prior. There would have to be procreation on Mars to keep people there. Yes, until he, they build enough rockets Colonize to sustain the shit it. Out of Mars. Yeah. Well, it's only a matter of time before his company learns you can make a lot of money with space mining. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of resources on I'm Mars sure, where I'm a lot of companies sure. would be. He is fully aware of the lucrative opportunity it presents. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's a businessman. And once well, it's, lucra- once it's lucrative, first. yeah, I mean, but once it's lucrative, then you get a lot of population to go there because there's jobs and opportunities. Once it's a realistic possibility that, okay, yeah, you can become the, a modern day billionaire easily, then people will start going over there. But yeah. personally, I don't think I would ever go until Elon himself was on a rocket there. I don't think I'd he's go. ever going to go. Exactly. I think he, I will. Think he will. No, no I think, I think he, will. he definitely will. Once I, it's once he makes the Mars base that he wants. I mean, you've seen the 3D renders. Yeah. It's supposed to it's like a spaceport on Mars. Once <laughs> they a, get to that point, I believe Elon will step foot on Mars. It's what a 6-month flight there. Mhm. So once it's sustainable there, I bet you Elon will be there. Dude, those spaceships better be cool as fuck because I'm going to get bored real damn quick. Well, I'm sure they're just going to be a little gym. Some think seating. they're going to have Wi-Fi? Yeah, they probably not. Um, you're in space. How are they, yeah. they going to have Wi-Fi? Is it a router? Duh. No, I'm fucking with you guys. I know you can bring your Xbox and play Halo. I mean. I'm going to bring my PC. Play real life Halo. Yeah. Dude, play, yeah, play Halo. Or, <laughs> no, Halo. get yourself ready for Mars. Play Doom in zero G. <laughs> that man's very smart. Um, moving on. So, being a young businessman, and I know you told me prior to this podcast that you do pedal in the investing world as well. Yes, I do. Uh, the current state of the world, COVID and shitty government policies um what's it like let me tell you over the past year and some it has been a great time to be in the stock market and a great time to be an investor in general as shitty as the world's been the stock market's been so volatile lately where you can make dick loads of money just fist over fist amounts of money as long as you just follow like i don't know i'm not a super in-depth like investor like some people like some people will study things and everything like that. I'm a real simple guy. I just look at graphs. See, I see up and down, and I just get lucky. If I'm being honest with you, I'm not a professional investor. Have you seen that uh, that TikTok clip from a uh, podcast? From a podcast, guy was like working for a multi billion dollar company, and the m- millionaire owner came up to him. He was an analyst, financial analyst. Oh yeah, I saw that. And he was presenting. Uh, like, he was getting ready to present a report to him for an investment, and he goes, "What are you doing?" He's like, I'm analyzing. He's like, look at the graph. If it keeps going up towards the top right-hand corner, it's going to keep going that way. If it goes, to, if it keeps going towards the left, bottom right-hand, corner. bottom right-hand, then Our it's going to keep word. going that way. It's pretty simple. He's like, like, what are you going to tell him? He's made his money. Yeah, exactly. You can't tell him he's wrong. I mean, yeah, you can't tell I him mean, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I hate to say, like, it's. It's what you make of it. If you want to deep dive into it and learn every analytic aspect to the business, don't get me wrong. That's what most professional analysts do. But then every once in a while, we got a lucky dickhead like me who just jumps on trends, buys low, sells high, and makes some money. Hey, 
That's what you, you do. do. Sharp. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I have long-term investments. I have a 401k. I have all that fun stuff, but I mean, but your day-to-day trading is short trades. Yeah. I mean, it's buy in the morning, sell at night. For sure. Yeah. Make a couple bucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. Dogecoin, which I think we'll get to later. We'll get to crypto later. But yeah. Dogecoin yeah. was a real pocket, real pocket pleaser. Yeah. I mean, a few bucks here and there is better than nothing. Exactly. Right? A, small, a, a small profit won't have you going broke. No. Well, eventually so. you get to a point where you make enough money that you start with a hundred, you have a thousand, and then it exponentially grows. You have a thousand, you're making a hundred dollars off your shorts. And then I mean, you yeah. got 10,000, you're making a thousand dollars off your shorts. Right? Yeah. You just have to constantly reinvest. Here's the way I look at it is the average return on a decent 401k is anywhere from eight to 10%. So if you look at it, you're, you invest a hundred thousand dollars in a, in a just a 401k of a hundred thousand dollars in your 401k. You don't have to add any money to it. And in eight to 10 years, your money's doubled just mm-hmm. by doing nothing. So which just from sitting in an account, you went from a hundred thousand dollars to $200,000. We learned something in one of my uh, high school classes. If you are from the ages of 18 to 21, I believe it was if you invest like $200 a month in it for those three years, by the time you retire, it'll be like $1.9 million. Yeah. Just from sitting yeah. and doing nothing. Yeah. That's for investing in three years. So investing is a great thing to get into yeah that class was an elective too don't know why financial classes aren't mandatory i i don't think don't get me wrong like science math they're all they're stupid if you ask me they're pointless but some people some people want to get into stuff like that but i think a, a finance class should be a mandatory class like something that will teach you how to actually live your life like i'm sorry i can't tell you the last time i've ever used pythagorean theorem I think it was probably yeah. Yeah. ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought those classes are kind of dumb. If you, you know, cause they're always like, oh, you'll use it if you go into engineering. Well, what if I'm not going into engineering? Exactly. Right? Like not everyone wants to be a goddamn mathematician for a life. They're living. E- exactly. You want to teach those classes. I think they should be college based. Exactly. They, if you want to become a professional mathematician and make 20 grand a year for the rest of your life, go ahead. Yeah. But if you want to actually make money in this world, you do not need to know how to do Pythagorean theorem. No, no, and it's it should be based on your interests. Exactly, the public public schooling system is so messed up. Schooling system in general isn't the greatest, exactly. but public schooling college, is. College is so corrupt nowadays; it's not even funny. No, every I mean, the professors are all politically biased and everything and they're just planting seeds in these impressionable minds they are scenes yeah like they're telling them if you get covid we're going to lock you in a dorm by yourself for two weeks food you don't have an option on we're going to deliver it to your door and that's if you don't get the vaccine yeah see they can't do that yeah no i also see i'm the little asshole kid that's sitting in my dorm that's like okay I don't leave my dorm anyways, motherfucker. You just gave me a reason. Oh, and also, I forgot. You have to get COVID tested. I I think it was every day or every week. You had to get a COVID test. You had to do these like self-checkups every single day before you went to class. So if you have three classes in a day, that's three a day you have to do. And if you don't do it, you're not allowed into class. And they don't have any virtual options anymore. 
I don't understand using that's all it is at this point covid is just scare tactics and political puns it is that's what it's been the whole time yeah it's it's never not been scary it's it it was used less like that at the beginning more so now than anything else they don't care exactly about the lethality or the volatility of the virus they just want to use it to scare people into submission like december go ahead I, I, I think from the beginning, they've been using these fucking falsified numbers of deaths in COVID cases to bring fear into the American population. I agree. Yeah. They were saying on CNN what? Like, what was it like? December 2019, when everything first started going down. 12 million or some shit they were saying were dying worldwide, and it was only like yeah. a couple hundred thousand. I remember maybe. the only time I was truly ever like worried about COVID was December of 2019 before anything actually hit the U.S., and it was on a cruise ship. I remember this because we watched it in Gov. And they were talking about that was the only time I was ever like, okay, this could actually be a bad thing. And then studies came out on it. And it's not bad. It's not that. I mean, don't get me wrong. People die of it. People die of everything. But at yes. the same time, at people our age range, it's not a super deadly disease we have to worry about. And people are. And government, the government and just. All these official boards are just pushing it so hard, trying to scare people into doing what they want. No, they're just using it as a tool. They are. It's not like Ebola came. It's not like we had a massive outbreak of Ebola in the United States. People didn't even react this way when it was in the U.S. When Ebola was, there was actually cases in Texas. There were two separate cases of people coming back from Africa. People did not freak out this much. I mean, granted, it's not nearly as contagious as COVID is. No, nowhere near it. But here's here's the deal: the difference between like a coronavirus and an Ebola-like virus. A coronavirus is common flu type virus that we are exposed to most likely on a daily basis that we've been experiencing for since the dawn of man i'm sure an ebola like virus is exactly what the black plague was that wiped out a third of the population yeah why did we not freak out about that one the difference is the news yeah ebola so different the black plague happened in the middle ages so 1500s ebola i don't know you would think Ebola with an, a truly deadly virus, like that you will most likely die if you contract it, would raise panic. But COVID, where you have a like 99.6% chance of survival, people are freaking out about. Yeah. yeah well, there's in uh, the beginning, or not even the beginning, I'd say about midway through the whole pandemic, they found in China and uh, chicken farm, the avian flu. Yeah, yeah I saw that. And you didn't hear anything about it, but the one time the avian flu made a small epidemic transfer into humans, it killed 80% of the people infected. There was no talks of that, though. And they were murdering millions of chickens like a week to make sure this virus didn't make it to humans. That should be the one that's scaring you, is how quickly they acted on it, like at the drop of a fucking hat, and the fact that everybody in the goddamn world eats chicken, right? Mm-hmm. everybody eats chicken. So when they tell you, oh yeah, this place that massively exports a whole bunch of food and everything, you know, now has an extremely deadly virus that is in one of the most popular foods and like a major part of almost everybody's diet. That doesn't make you shit yourself, but a flu does. Pretty much. I mean, come on. 
kind of stupid. <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of looking at the wrong way here. Yeah, I, yeah, I for agree sure. with you on that. It's all bad. It's all bad. Not a good so. time to be alive. But like I was saying, the business market right now. Don't get me wrong. When COVID first hit, small businesses suffered. That was inevitable. People were locked down. People are shut out. People couldn't work on their small business if they had no remote option. If it was a service-based business, they were a little bit better off than if it was like a mom and pop like drugstore. Like yeah. those are the people that truly, truly suffered. Yep. You know, the COVID and the but not even necessarily COVID itself. It's just the policies that the government, government at a federal course. level implemented. Completely jumped the gun on it too. Yes. Well, and completely went against Americans' rights. You can't shut me out of my private company. No. And the whole quarantining and shutting down the country, quarantine is the restriction of movement of sick people. That's not what that was. No, that was a lockdown. They were isolating the American population is what they did. Completely isolated. And in Michigan, we, we had it as one of the worst states because they locked us down for so long. Yes, they did. Luckily for us in our area, no one listened. The sheriff's department didn't give a damn. Yeah, our sheriff's department openly said they're not enforcing that. That's that's people, not what they do. People cared for the first three weeks. Then after that, hell, all hell just broke loose. And no one cared anymore. Yep. Well, how can you? You can only care for so long. When they say, are oh, two weeks, everything should be fine. And then they're yeah, like, well, yeah, two years now. Yeah, two we were two years into, into two weeks to flatten the curve. Yep. Yeah. Like, come on. But, like, but, if you look at it from a, from a medical standpoint and everything, locking people down and keeping people completely isolated from this disease is, the, is exa- essentially the worst thing to do. Because you're not building antibodies towards fighting this disease so if new variants come out that are stronger that have more deadly capabilities you have absolutely no way in hell to fight that well and the worst yeah. part of this all is it's the disease came from a lab yeah yeah is it yes it did this is man-made it came from a human lab fauci in china fauci publicly said that the lab leak theory was false and then his emails were released due to the freedom of information act and very clearly in his emails, he said that him and many of his colleagues believe that it was actually manufactured in the Wuhan lab. Fauci's yeah. a tool. Yeah. Fauci just likes the spotlight. Well, I mean, you even looked at it on the, like, like look at the hypocrisy of these guys that were that were giving out all these orders every single day. They're like, oh, the masks work. Oh, no, they don't. Nope, sorry. Oh, wait, nope, put them back on. Put two of them on. Sorry, they work. No, they don't. I've said it before, Oops, like, but I'll say it again. The World Health Organization still to this day will not acknowledge the fact that COVID is an airborne virus. It's a because fu- the WHO is a joke. The CDC, so the CDC is absolutely a joke. They're paid by the government to to say what the government well, wants them to say, and that's that's really it at the end of the day. They're not really looking out to. for us at all. That's what I was about to say. I was about to go into the fact of at the end of the day, the CDC is ran by the U.S. government. Yep. So. They're pretty much just puppets for what the White House believes. Yeah, the government you, bonds. If you look at it, the WHO is is more of a is more of a worldwide thing, right? Yeah. The UN is their is their big calling point. Who runs the UN? Us. Who's the big? The I was about United to States government runs the United Nations. Who's the biggest country in the UN? The United States. 
Yep. So they're going to say what, what the government wants them to say, because at the end of the day, they, they need the funding to stay and be, still be a presence. Yep. It's everything's driven by a political narrative and a political agenda. 100%. Everything is absolutely everything these days. Nothing is driven by of political agenda. Nothing anymore is driven by moral compass. What's right and what's wrong. That's, that's what's for the best statement. and and every political agenda is driven by money in your pocket. Yeah. What's going to make you the most money? I mean, well, we all know our president and his cabinet is thinking that exact thing every single day. What's going to make us the most money here? I mean, it's not what's best for the people. It's what's best for my fucking wallet. That's why Trump was such a good president, because he ran this country like a company, which he was amazing at doing. Yeah. Because at the end That's of the day, what, the government is just a gigantic company. That's what it is. And the United States of America is a giant business. And yeah, and so, I'm sorry, like everything in this world, there's a business aspect to it. Like we, we should try something, you know, whenever we all, whenever there's a mass community on Mars, whenever that does happen, we should really try not to run it with the government and see what happens. Let's not run it like government. I think a government. So let's have people do it like we did it back in the Wild West. Let's see. I think a government I mean, granted, be beneficial. People, but I think a government can be beneficial if it's properly kept in check. A new government, maybe, but it can't be existing one existing government running that. I no, no, I no, 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 no. If a government it, is kept in balance like it's supposed to be, it would be a great thing. But you have our government here, which is so like divided now and whoever has majority rules whatever they want that's not how it should be the people the representatives that sit in congress sit in the senate and are elected to the white house should do that of what their job description states and represent the people mm-hmm. they don't represent do that the people of the united states and uphold the united states constitution i agree they don't and do that nobody does that anymore because the Constitution is a quote unquote 200 year old piece of paper that a whole lot of people are willing to die for, mind you. A whole lot of people. It's including the most well put together Constitution this world has ever known. I mean, I guess now that we're here, we're at the limit, we're at the 200 year limit. We're going to really see if this paper is going to withstand everything or we're going to crumble ourselves. The paper will withstand, the government won't. The people are already crumbling. It's too late. Yeah. And we're not coming back. I, I mean, because I've always said that it'd take another tower to reunite the people of the United States. And it's hard to believe that even that will reunite us. At this point. No, no there will be people sympathizing for whoever. Like, um, I saw this on, on social media. I saw it on Twitter. They released, um, I'm sure it was it was five, six years ago that they released the the names and the pictures of the the uh, 9-11 bombers, the guys who hijacked the planes. And I was reading the comments. There were people that were legitimately on their side. They were saying, oh, they were forced to do this. They didn't know what they were doing. And I'm sitting here like, they actively took control of a plane, turned it off of autopilot, diverted the course by a great amount. It's not like this was a mistake that they weren't going to do that. They were going to put them up for ransom. These dudes full and well knew exactly what they were doing. They weren't brainwashed. They were 100% in support of this. And people 
actually are giving them the benefit of the doubt here. And they're sympathizing with these guys. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Did we, did we already forget? Did we forget the pain? Is that what happened? Is that why our country is completely split in half right now is we forgot that pain? But you think we'll remember again? 2001 was a long time ago. I mean, it was when I was born. Look at the generational difference between the people our age in 01 and the people our age now. You really think that'll reunite us? Because I don't believe it will. I don't, I'm not going off the fact that it would reunite us. I'm just saying, like, we have completely forgotten that amount of pain and how fucked up people were from that situation. And I'm not even talking about the the souls who, who passed on that day. I'm talking about the people around, the families that were affected. The entire American population was behind our U.S. government at that point in time, right? And then it seems like we, in the spite of all this new shit, whatever you want to call it, propaganda, whatever, we've completely forgotten what it means to be Americans. Well, yeah, I can tell you why that's happening. Because you got to realize most people our age, either who are coming into power now, weren't alive back then, so they never really saw what a true united country this could be. Like I was, I was six months old. Yeah, when uh, when the planes hit the towers, and I can very safely say every single time that they played like United ninety three in school on on the Memorial Day on nine eleven, our day of remembrance, I cried every time, every single time. I could watch the exact same movie over and over again, and I cried every time. Because I still remember that shit. See that I still remember new youth. Like two years down the road of me actually being able to recollect and and have a memory and being able to form opinions at that point of not just being a like a fucking baby. I still remember how it made me feel. The thing is though, the problem lies ultimately in our educational system because these younger generations are being brought up and being taught the u.s in all cases of any matter are the bad guys yeah right yeah we are pushing that that our government's the bad guy well not even our government our military is the bad guys that's what a lot of people are pushing now and we're We're going back to we went back to like almost a vietnam era of those guys coming home and being called baby killers and being spit on because they're being taught uh, you know the united states is are the, the white colonizers, the slave owners, and the war criminals, right? Granted, we had our fucking bad moments. Don't get me wrong. Every country yeah. had. Yeah, the, um, yes, absolutely. Every country that was a superpower at one point or another owned slaves. You but no other that. country has corrected its issues internally like the United States has. And granted, it did take some time. And it took a lot of pushback, Right. I mean, we had the entire civil rights movement, but after that, our government had to realize that these are human beings, right? Like when talking about slavery, these are human beings. We shouldn't be demonizing people because we can't make money off of them anymore. They earn their right to be here and they're Americans and we should love them as such, right? Regardless of the era in which America was in, so even going back to slavery, America has been a symbol of freedom because guess what? At the end of the day, whether even in, when you were a slave, there were still ways that people fought to gain their freedom. Yep. Yeah. We fought a war over it fought with our hard. own people. 
A lot of people died in that war. And guess what? They were all Americans. But guess what? We just we showed showed the world just how much we give a fuck about the people who live in our country. Like we had we had our northerners, right? We had our union states that decided that enough was enough and we didn't we didn't have a diplomatic discourse for it. So we're like, all right, you want to fucking play that game? We're going to play that game. At the end of the day, either these people are going to be free or we are all going to die because you can't stomp that out. Mm -hmm. You can't stomp out the will to fight for somebody else. And that's what our country was built on was to fight for the people behind you and right next to you. Fight for your own. I mean, granted, I, I, I didn't really read too much into uh, Confederate history. I, I don't I, I get that they were fighting for a quote unquote way of life, but I, I feel like it was very, very profit driven. And that's why they they did what they yes, did. There was no more. Not every Confederate there. was fighting for slavery, though. No, 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 no. they weren't. You want to fight to secede from the United States. You want to fight because you don't. Under, you don't like what the government's actively doing in the country. No, but you, you can't tear down monuments of great war heroes, no matter what side you fight on, because it's, they it's, believe, it's because history. it's slavery. Yeah, you Robert E. Lee wasn't history. his primary fight wasn't for slavery. That's not what Robert E. Lee was there to fight for. Robert E. Lee actually fought for the Union first. Yes, he did. The problem. People don't like history. They don't like seeing the bad. They want to erase it. But the people understand the importance of learning history. You must learn the atrocities of the past. So you don't repeat them. No, people just want an excuse why their life's shitty. Yeah. That's what they want. And if they can blame it on someone else, that's what they want to do. Because no one alive today was part of slavery. Sorry, you weren't. Nope. Uh, My my family actually never took part in slavery. (laughs) I, my we family didn't get wasn't here until here. well after that. Yeah, my family wasn't here. My family was in Europe. It, yeah. It's just <laughs> an excuse. I mean, you could come from Ireland and, and then you migrate to the U.S. and you're going to say the British are the reason you're not successful in your life. It'd be the yeah. same argument. Which yeah. is which is funny because uh, we we very quickly forget that a lot of the Irish that came over here were slaves. A lot of the Irish that came to America in the beginning years were slaves. They well, were slaves in the North. We quickly forget that there's still active slavery happening in the world today. Yeah, Libya. like Libya. Um, and Which the reason that to- doesn't make modern news is because it's not an excuse for a group of people in the U.S. to blame their poor life on. No, it's not. Yes. It doesn't make the, the uh, media companies money nope. to talk about actually fucked up things. All right, so, like I said, Mike, we do get on tangents, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. I, backtracking. I know. We're going to backtrack here a little bit, <laughs> get back to your little area of expertise. Uh, looking at the world in your current perspective as a young businessman slash investor, what are you thinking we're going to look like? here in the next 10, 10, 15 years. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen. I strongly believe the gap between rich and poor is going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Because is there going to be a middle class in the next 10 years? Is that even going to be a thing? You see, that's a tricky one to answer because I don't personally think middle class per se will ever go away. 
there will always be the hardworking man who's making good money, but he is not in the top 1%. That will never stop. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's going to be a middle class, but I think it's going to be more cut cut and dry than it is now. Like now, I mean, you have lower middle class, you have upper middle class, you have middle middle class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I don't think middle class will ever go away. Middle class will always be a thing because at the end of the day, not everyone can make 500000 dollars a year. Yeah. There's always going to be the need for your middle marketers. There's going to be a need for all your service people who, yeah, they do pretty well for themselves. They're making anywhere from eighty to one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year. They're always they're still going to always be your middle class. Mm-hmm. But I personally do think that the rich are going to keep getting richer because rich people are smart people. I hate to say it. But rich people know how to protect their money and how to make more money. And and like nothing against poor people, like, but the, at the end of the day, the rich people are rich for a reason. I don't believe in someone's just rich for no apparent reason. Don't get me wrong. There's your few outliers like who inherited a ton of money. But yeah. how do you think they inherited all that money? Someone who works for smart. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah, no, you I'm not saying poor people are lazy because I don't believe that. There's just some people in the world who didn't get the break they wanted or couldn't get the break some other people had. And nothing against them. Like, it's part of life. Not everyone gets to be a multimillionaire. Not everyone's a winner. No, but you have to push that belief to your children that there's a chance you can, if you work hard enough, you'll be the person I always wanted to be. Yeah. And I think that's what we lost in the U.S. is we don't have that push anymore. I agree. Because some people just look at the up the one percent and there's they don't believe there's any attainable way for anyone to ever make that amount of money no matter how hard they work which i mean don't get me wrong i don't truly think your average joe can become elon musk like i don't think no that's your that's your less than one percent type people i i don't think your average joe is going to get the opportunity that elon musk or uh jeff bezos or any of the bill gates any of those guys had because they're the pioneers of the modern world. Yeah, those guys were innovators. They're the innovators of our time. And you, no, but I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, okay. So people, people don't realize you can be the hardest worker in the world, but you do need an opportunity. You can't just even like you work your ass off your whole life for your opportunity. But if you don't capitalize on the opportunity given to you and don't work even harder towards that opportunity you're never going to be successful in the world. You can't stop. Yeah. Essentially. There's an equality of, of opportunity, not an equality of outcome. That's where people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Get, if you get confused, if you work hard enough at something, an opportunity will arise. Don't get me wrong. But if it's the people that take that opportunity given to them and capitalize on it, are the 1% are the people who are making tons of money? Sure. And I think, People have this misconception on being a millionaire, right? You're talking about like the top 1% of the top 1%, like Elon Musk, Bezos. I mean, these are the richest people in the world. There's an estimated 20 million millionaires in the United States. I was about, yeah, yeah, a millionaire in today's world really isn't that hard to do. No, it's mostly about working. And like you said, there's always going to be the cases where life wasn't fortunate enough. Yeah. 
Like you just weren't lucky in your life. I don't want to say success is luck luck based because it's not. Your heart, your the hardest workers in the room will always be more successful than someone who doesn't work. Sure. But at the same time, it's the hardest workers in the room who will give an opportunity dropped into their lap because they've been working for it. And they're the ones who capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, think of it like a car. You can't put your car in neutral and expect to get from point A to point B just like that exactly. without any work. You can't be an idol. You have to keep going forward and something's going to give. The successful people find that next gear. Yeah. That the people who aren't successful just don't find. No, the successful people open that fucking hood and th- throw a supercharger exactly. in that motherfucker and get there quicker. Sure, but sometimes on your road to success, you blow a transmission, right? 100%. Yep, what do you do? You fix, fix it and, and you keep going. You fix it and keep going, but sometimes you have a case where you can't afford to fix your trans anymore. Yeah, and sometimes right. you got to give up yeah. and start again. Yeah, you got to start from the very bottom. You might have to tow that bitch right back to point A and do it again and again and again. Until well, you, you see it in the United States, but here's right? the There's no real such thing as failure, right? You can fall flat on your face, you, I, but if, as long as you as learn as something you, from it... As long as you get back up, you're still winning. No, as long as you get up and you learn, you're not, you didn't actually fail. You just, you're, you're, you're progressing. You are, but there's always a small aspect of luck. If you get laid off at 45 years old and you're on the road to be a millionaire for your children and you get laid off... There's a chance where you'll never make as much money again as you were. There's a very real possibility, but at the end of the day, with how today's market is, and how support people are very supportive of small business now. And yes, all you have to do is if you can come up with an idea, or you take an existing idea and put your own twist on it and make it a unique business, you can still make fist loads of money. That's the hard part about about it right now though right at the, i mean at this state of the world oh, it's, is there really such thing as an original idea no but uh, you don't need an original idea if you can put you your need own an twist innovative on idea not even just that i mean don't get me wrong your innovative ideas are the ones that are going to make you a billionaire but yeah. people take these business ideas and put their own unique twist on them and do it their own specific way and their people are successful all the time yeah like for example how many, uh, you know, an oil change, a real simple business concept. How many of them are there? No, yeah, I mean, there, hundreds. There are thousands. Hun- there's hundreds of thousands of them in the United States alone. And you got to okay. think, yeah, some of them are corporate owned, but still, like you have so many of them up and around that are doing things different ways and that are still, they keep their doors open. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you can look at Texas Speed. They build LS engines. Exactly. They're a very successful exactly. company. You have your, yeah. But you know how many other shops will build LS engines? Exactly. Tons of yes. Them. And LS, like, LS engines are, even the LS engine is a great example of this. How many V8s have there been before an LS? And how many have been there after? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Tons of Tons. them. Yeah. And it's not like an LS is a very complex motor. It's not an overhead cam or any. It's still an in-block cam. It is an yeah. old school idea that literally mm-hmm. was still in mainstream production until what twenty eighteen, and it's one of the most popular motors on the market. Like mm-hmm. when you can even ask not car people, like, "Hey, have you ever heard of any engines?" So like, "Yeah, I've heard of an LS." 
Yeah, I haven't heard of yeah. it. It's, and I, it's one of the most popular engines ever but, made. Because, but you're right, Mike, because they took an idea and they spun it to their own. Yeah, and now, I mean, if I think of a company as a car guy, like, oh, I'm going to have an LS built by a company. My first I thought is Texas Speed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to think, like, even with GM, they took... The reason the LS works so well is because it is so simple. They didn't overcomplicate it, which is genius. Everyone nowadays tries overcomplicating everything. Overcomplicate, overinnovate. The LS is a great, like, it's a great platform because how simple it is and just how successful it is. I mean, there's. It's kind of how a lot of people pave their way into the car world. Exactly. Is, it, is an LS engine. Because you can do so many things to it because it's it's very applicable to almost anything, really. You know what? Here, here's another example I have for you, you with GM, involving GM. So yeah. GM, they didn't start... Ford was the pretty much the pioneer in America of cars. Not yeah. in the world because you're... Of, first, of the mass scale yes. production. I mean, it, they are the pioneer of mass scale production all yep. throughout the world. Do not get me wrong. But they weren't the first company to do it. Mercedes has been making cars for over a hundred plus years. Yeah. But you have your Ford who they come out with the Mustang. Okay. Wildly successful car. Cause it's a first of the kind. And then Chevy comes out with the Camaro and yeah, the Camaro didn't sell as well, but they still make Camaros today. Yep. Actually, I think they're stopping that soon. They they? they yeah, and, and they're rebuilding the Firebird. That is true. But my example with that is, they took the same concept as a Ford Mustang, a two-door V8 engine or a pony car, and yeah. they made it. They grew it into a wildly successful car because mm-hmm. you can take an idea that's already been put in concept, put into like effect, and just put your own spin on it and still have a successful venture with it. Because it's different. Because it's different in its own way, but it's the same exact concept. It's not yeah. an original idea. It's a two-door V8, rear-wheel drive. How many cars out there are there that are two-door V8, rear-wheel drive cars? A lot. Exactly. How many manufacturers manufacture that type of car? Pretty much about all of them. Exactly. It's just, it's not an original concept, original idea. The idea has been around since the 40s. Yeah, I mean, it, the, you're very correct with that. Because it goes even further with Dodge. Because I wouldn't consider the Dodge Challenger and Charger to be a popular car until the past, like, 2015. Yeah, I wouldn't consider a Charger or Challenger even really well-known to other people outside of the car world until 2015 when they launched the Hellcat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Hellcat was that that personal spin. Exactly. The Hellcat engines, the Elephant. Who else? The Demon. What other manufacturer is dumb enough? To put a 6.2 liter supercharged V8 making over 700 horsepower in a four seat family car. Yeah. It's literally only Dodge. Exactly. Are they dumb enough or are they ballsy enough to do no, it? No, that it's in concept is a stupid idea because they, you can you can buy a used Hellcat for in the neighborhood of 40 grand nowadays. Yep. For forty thousand dollars, you can get into a car that makes seven hundred horsepower. Mm-hmm. And but without that pioneering idea, honestly, the Hellcat saved Dodge. I think so. I mean, you see Chargers and Challengers everywhere now. Everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, because of that one car. Exactly. Just think, if they never made the Hellcat, I truly don't think FCA would be afloat right now, or Chrysler side of it. 
I don't think so either. Because once they came out with the Hellcat that got the eyes back on Dodge, and then they started coming out with these new Rams, and everyone loves these new Rams. Yeah. But if they never had the eyes that they got with the Hellcat, I don't think Rams would be nearly as pos- or, or popular or anything like that. Well, now they're back into competition. That's that's what it is. Now they're building things to rival the Raptor, like the TRX and stuff like that. They I'm, now have their own F1 racing team, Dodge. They no, just honestly, started. Dodge's market, marketing play right now is the fact that they will put a massive V8 in any fucking vehicle. Yeah. They don't care. They're, they're, they're talking about putting it in a minivan. Yeah, they're going to throw a Hellcat engine in a minivan. I mean, they saved their company with that motor. That motor yeah. saved yeah, absolutely. Dodge. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, no one's arguing that. Just, that's their main marketing play right now, though. It's just, well, I is, mean, you can take... Is it a like, sustainable way to run your business? Because with the automotive market... Living off the hype, is it? Uh, and it's actually moving so fast towards electric and hybrid. But I think that's yeah. what they did right. I think it's this would is the best time they could have done that. I know I because agree everyone you. else is going to an electric car and me I have no want for a fucking electric car. No. From a car guy's perspective, I am totally with you on that. But soon with how the US government is, they're going to start putting out things that mandates. mandates taxes, stuff like that. Well, they're already they they already tried that, didn't they? They have the gas guzzler with, tax, um, but no, with uh, I can't remember exactly what part of the uh, the government handles these types of situations, but they were putting uh, anything you modify in your cars, like they were doing decibel count levels, yeah, 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 that are illegal, different stuff like that. Like they were trying to put it, like if you put a aftermarket supercharger in your in your O five Mustang, you could get that car impounded, taken, and you'll be fined for it. Yeah, like they're charging you like it's a crime to build your own car. But if I'm looking at it from a business perspective, what Dodge is doing right now is amazing. But how is it going to look in 10, 15 years? Yeah. yeah. They're going to have to come up with something new. They are. Because the hype will eventually die. Yeah. Ex- that's exactly what I'm looking at it. Because you got to look. The industry is not going to give them an option, though. Throughout the 60s and 70s, Dodge had a, they had some nice cars. Don't get me wrong. But they died. The 70 Charger, bro. They yeah, those died. old Chargers, man. Oh. They died. So many chargers. So hard. They did. They did they die. With right on their face. And I mean, let's be real here. Until 2015, what was Dodge making? They were making journeys and Dodge darts. Yep. That yeah. Weren't paying bills. Like, wow. No, they're cool. going bankrupt. Yeah. You built a Ford Fiesta. Awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, when you release something like the fucking Cavalier, you know your company's going downhill. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's flooding over into into the rest of FCA because now they're they're upping their Jeeps again, with the Grand Wagoneer being a, I, a an all luxury vehicle. They bring the Grand I think Wag- the Grand Wagoneer is pretty sweet. I it is. Oh, I've seen uh, I've seen it in person. I've driven in it. I haven't drove one, but I've seen all the little like the full package, all the little uh, screens and all that shit, and the massaging seats. It is a it is an amazing looking car. No, but I mean, this is on a large scale, right? This is a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. A mom and pop shop can do the same thing. Exactly. Yes, they can. All a mom and pop shop has to do is find out a way to put their own spin on something. and They, they have to find their niche. They do. And then you become one of the big three, essentially. I hate to say, if you don't find your own niche, you're just one of the thousand other companies out there. 
Yep, you'll start to sink just like everybody else. Oh, yeah, because it's cheaper. If you don't have a niche for something, I can get your product cheaper somewhere else. Exactly. Like, if you don't do it your certain own way that makes it better, there's no point for me to spend the money I'm spending with you. I'll go somewhere else. I'll go on Amazon. Exactly. It's a freaking struggle with doing what we're doing, too. I mean, podcasting is so oversaturated today, but you have to be able to bring your own interesting viewpoints to certain topics to attract a crowd. Yeah, and if you're doing the same as everybody, like if you're trying to copy people, you're trying to copy Joe Rogan, you're trying to copy uh, Jocko Willing's podcast, you're trying to do stuff like that. If you don't have your own form, you're going to die. If you don't have something that's going to draw people to you and give the attention to you, put the spotlight on you, you're going to die. Yeah, I I think podcasting is such an interesting business if you look at it because you don't necessarily need your own unique idea. You just need to be a unique person. You yes. are. Yeah. Essentially you are. Your whole your business idea. is run off who you are, how you your are. experience is your life. It's not even just that. It's how you present yourself. What, can, what how do you talk about certain things? Because if you're like, if you're a super boring person with a monotone tone and not a very expressionate person. Who the hell is going to want to listen to you if you don't have some crazy stories or anything? If you're boring, who gives a fuck? Yeah, I mean, but the only upside to this oversaturated podcast industry, or if you want to call it the industry, is is that there's millions of podcasts out there, but I don't know, only a fraction of them are currently active in posting. Yeah, yes. a lot of people are trying to get in the podcast world, post two, three episodes, hoping they blow up, and then like they're not they're not seeing the results, so they just stop. They want the instant gratitude, but there's just no instant gratitude, especially in an oversaturated industry like this. And a good thing no. about an industry like the podcast industry is there's so many listeners now who have listened to like your Rogan. He's been doing it for what almost ten years now. So sometimes yeah. you want to branch off, listen to some other people. And you find yourself a small little podcast and you become, you really, you, if you really like it because the personalities on it are good enough, then they tell all their friends, they tell all their friends and you grow. Yeah. I don't think I mean, we talk about anything. This isn't necessarily an innovative discussion, right? We're not talking about anything that no one, you can't find somewhere else. hundred percent. I think the benefit of this podcast, right? Not to wake my own willy here is um, <laughs> we're the new generation. We're not it's our age. Yeah, Sorry. we're not Rogan. Uh, the innovation we're trying to bring here is the look on our, our country based on our age. And how we've grown up in it and how different it is from people like Rogan growing up. Because he grew, I mean, he's, he's 52. 50, yeah, he's yeah. 52 years old. He grew up, I mean, he's, he's even older than my father. These are huge generational gaps. And even if we talk about the same stuff, we're going to have very different viewpoints. Yes. Hundred percent. That our age is our biggest, our biggest, you know, uniqueness to what our our podcast. Because let's be honest, there's not a lot of kids our age that bring the same viewpoints to the table. Absolutely not. I mean, in yeah, my experience, like, like at Jackson least. said, tooting your own horn and or yanking your own willy. I mean, there are there is almost nobody I can talk to that has the same viewpoints as me, except for the extremely small group of people that we talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, not to say that we're in, we're in an echo chamber and we're hearing the things we want to hear. I love talking to people with different viewpoints. hundred percent. But everybody has a different viewpoint and it almost seems like that's where the, the echo chamber is, is from where I'm sitting, I'm looking at everyone else and, and, and seeing extreme similarities between everybody and they're not on a free thinking scale. It's kind of weird to me, but I get it. Another, I mean, I would say the other big push we have on our podcast is our main message behind it is that we want to promote this living dangerously free, which is just exercising your inalienable rights unapologetically. Honestly, it's just being an American, going back to being American. Not even that, around the world, right? Sure, but we also didn't put all our eggs in one basket for the podcast, right? We didn't quit our jobs to do that. No, 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 absolutely not. Whether we're successful or not, but it's a venture we want to take. At the end of the day, it's something we enjoy doing. Yes. We get to sit down every week and have good, intelligent conversation and bullshit here and there and just have, have fun. Sure. Yeah, if you have fun at your job, you never work a day in your life, right? Yeah. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get Why me wrong. Say that? I love my job. <laughs> Some days I wake up and I go, God damn it, I do not want to go to work right now. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I feel like if I owned a gun store, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. I'd love yeah. talking to people go- coming into a gun store like people who are very new to guns or like think they know or think they're experts on the, on the matter. I would love to talk to 90% of the people that gun store owners talk to. Cause I hear some crazy ass stories. My, my dad has a friend who runs a, runs a gun store, crazy ass stories about people coming in there and asking the most outlandish questions. And honestly, like picking up his red flags, stuff like that. It's, it's absolutely, it's baffling to me like that you have, you have the know-how or like you don't have the common sense to go into a gun store and they're like asking, yeah, what's the right kind of gun to put a dog down? And you just kind of sit there as the owner and you're like, what the fuck did you just say? And then you have to make that choice and you're like, well, do I sell it to him? I mean, it's still money at the end of the day, but he did just tell me he's about to commit a felony. So... So we digress. And he's he's based out of Detroit, so pretty much it's a lot of yeah. a lot of very crazy questions. Go from shooting dogs yeah. with Barretts to our next point. Yeah, yeah, right. We we digress. We're gonna try to dive a little deeper on your into your mind. Oh, your mic. Don't know if I'd want to. Go In terms that. of your inspiration, besides monetary inspiration, sure. to get into the business world, who? Or what was your biggest inspiration to get into this industry? Oh, my dad. And do what you're doing? My dad. I called it. Yeah, I... I knew it. Well, yeah, we know the kid. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah my, that's my, fair. My dad's a businessman. He's pretty successful. He does well for himself. And he seems like... I don't know. I always just growing up. I mean, I was three years old. I saw a garbage truck. Like, damn, I want to be a garbage man. But then I realized... No, the hell! No, I don't want to be a garbage. <laughs> man. No, I don't. I want to make fucking money. Hey, garbage men do pretty well for themselves. You're on the job. They do. For 10 they years, do very you're making well. Ninety to hundred grand a year just picking up garbage cans. But yep. 
business. And you don't even really have to do that anymore. You just pull just, up to the side of the garbage can and hook it up and go. Exactly. I just love people to people interactions. Like I love dealing with people. I don't like dealing with people's problems. That gets annoying sometimes. Yeah, I don't even like dealing with my own problems. So. I don't. Yeah, but <laughs> dealing with people pro- people's problems gets really annoying. But like in just business, I love talking to people. Like I'm one of those guys who prefers face to face than phone. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah, and even that, I would prefer a phone call over a text message any day. I hate texting. Me I too. hate it like, with a passion. It's stupid. You can't convey emotion. It, there's no signs to pick up on. Like if you hear a person's voice, you can read their voice. You can read their emotions, right? It's very inhuman. But texting is just so fucking dull. Like I'm not going to text my grandmother. I'm going to call my grandmother. I agree with you. I Yeah. If I text my grandma, it's just going to come back in a phrase that makes absolutely zero sense. and <laughs> Letters out of place. Exactly. But when I call my grandma, she speaks English. So I, I can understand it. She doesn't text. She doesn't speak gibberish. She speaks English. So I'm not trying to dive too deep sure. here or out of your comfort zone, but what exactly about your father oh, and okay. his workings was your inspiration? You looked up to him and kind of made you go like, I want to, I want to do what he does. Well, I mean, my dad's a successful guy. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not, but like being successful is a dream. I mean, who who just grows up and says, yeah, I want to be poor? Nobody. Well, yeah, 100%. But, but like, it, on another aspect, on an actual aspect that's not monetary, because I'm not a total greedy son of a bitch, you know? Like, I actually have somewhat of a heart. But just the, like, I get, like, crazy bored if it's just, like, I sit on a desk, don't talk to anyone. I really, truly like interacting with people and talking to people and convincing someone that my product's the best and you should get my product instead of my competitor's product. You enjoy the challenge. I do. I enjoy challenges. I love taking new things on and learning new things. So I'm guessing you have taken quite a few lessons about the business world from your father. Yeah, 100%. What would you say the top three lessons he where that he gave to you hard work. You do not make it in this world. If you do not, if you're not willing to work hard, just because your day is like mine are eight to four thirty. just because those are the hours I'm getting paid. Doesn't mean I'd stop working after that. Like I'll wake up early in the morning and I'm studying for some mortgage stuff right now. So I'll wake up in the morning. I'll read books. I'll read pages and documents and tons of things about mortgages. So I can learn all I need to know about mortgages or when I first started with the insurance business, I didn't know a damn thing about insurance. I know you need to have it or it's a criminal offense, but that's all I knew. I didn't know the inner workings of it. So I threw myself in head first and now I'm starting to finally get my footing on insurance. So I enjoy like the other besides hard work. I mean, commitment, which you could kind of say is the same thing. But at the same time, you have to have a passion. You do. You need to have a passion in this industry. But even with commitment, if you look at the aspect of commitment, if you work your ass off for something for a year and give it up, you're not giving it time to succeed. You need to stay committed to something and have passion for that in order for it to succeed. Yeah. So that's at two. And what? let's see. What's another good one he taught me? Just another lesson that he really taught me how to be successful in the business world. 
is you need to have people skills. Even if they're not the most genuine people skills, you can't be afraid to talk to someone. You can't be afraid of, there's, I'm going to go up, I'm going to introduce myself to someone and they're going to reject me. You can't be afraid of that. Because all it takes in the business world is you could be, say you're selling some million dollar product, okay? You could get turned down by 90% of the people, but those 10% of the people are going to make you rich. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. So you can't be afraid of someone just shutting you down. You just got to take your, shoot your shot pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you can't be afraid of rejection no. in any aspect of life. 100%. You, you kind know of have to embrace rejection. Rejection you know makes like crazy. it happens, move on. You know what's crazy about those those three What's that? business lessons that you just stated that came from a, a relatively successful businessman? Sure. They're all applicable to your personal life. They are. Yes. And if you yes, apply those to your are. personal life, you will have a better home life, not only a professional life. Yeah. Sure. Right. When the going gets tough, because it does in business, it's not always cherries and roses. It's a cutthroat industry. But when the going, 100%. when the going gets tough, sometimes you're going to have to give up some quality time at home to progress yourself. But at the end of the day, as long as you can, as long as you know that you're doing this for the greater good, greater good of your family, it's worth it. If you have something to fight for, you can't stop. Exactly. I mean, you could you could relate that to, to really anything, whether you're fighting over in Afghanistan or you're here trying to make ends meet. If you have no reason to push, you're not going to win. Exactly. Honestly, to me, if you don't have a passion for something, the hard work and commitment aspect doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah, no, you won't point. be successful, right? My father's a small business owner. It's quite a... He's a very successful man in the fact that the business is taken off. There's not much of a competition in his uh, skill. However, I have no passion for the company. Now, don't get me wrong. This company was dirt poor, right? It had its up and ups and downs. It, right now, it's a very, I mean, it's a good company. Makes a good, a good amount of money for two people, right? But I don't have the passion for what the company does. Get into for me to want to take over the company. I truly believe if I took over this company, it would plummet. And it'd be disrespectful to your father, personally, yes. I think. If I was like, if you don't have a passion for something and someone's just offering you something on a silver platter and you take it knowing you don't have a passion, that is just blatant disrespect to me because you're going to yes. fail them. It's something they work their whole life to build and to finally see some success and they hand off to you. And then you just fail it. And I, yeah, I mean, this company started with my grandfather and my fa- and then it went to my uncle and then it's my father's and this company has been building and building and building from the ground. And if I took, the, I don't think I'm the person to take this company. I'd rather see him liquidate the company and retire or give it to someone who truthfully will take this company and make it grow and grow just like it has been. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to respect for the work. Yeah. Right. And even if it's like, say you're just like a family friend or something like that to a, a business owner and he wants to pass off the company itself or a, a good opportunity to make money in the company, but you don't have a passion to work at that high of a level, but they believe in you and you take that, you're taking away an opportunity from someone who might be truly passionate about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
there's no need to completely choke and throw away an opportunity you're not passionate about when there's people out there that would gladly take that. That is true. And run with it. But at the same time, the way business works, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. 100% networking. It is. It's, it's, you need to know people in the business world in order to get a foot in the business world. And just be, you have to network. And there could be someone who is super passionate about this business idea, but they they think they deserve this opportunity. But the end, at the end of the day, the dad's probably going to pass it along to their kid over this guy who's passionate about it because the dad doesn't know who the hell this guy is. Yes, understandably. I mean, it's up to the child, right? You got to be. You got to be the person who's not just looking at money. Because I know I could go take this company and I could live a sustainable life. I could live a middle middle class life for the rest of my the rest of my life, and for my children, right? Yeah, but I mean, or I mean, if the kid's smart, there's businesses. It's you can grow the business, and you don't have to be involved in it. You can just run it, and you can hire out roles in this business. There's. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like you're a direct example because I don't know your bit. I don't know the business and I would never try to tell someone how to run their own damn business. That would piss me off. But I'm just saying like, even if the kid's not passionate about it per se, you can still take over the business and run it in a respectable way. Because I don't truly believe, don't get me wrong. If you're going to open your own business, you need to be passionate about it. You can't start up a business from scratch about something you're not passionate about just for the money. But if, it's no, ex- if there's already existing infrastructure in a business, you, I don't personally believe you need to be super passionate about it to capitalize on the opportunity. If it's a small business, I believe you do. It all depends on the business, though. If it's a, like a really small mom and pop shop and it's a service-based industry, yes, I agree. You need to be passionate about it. But at the same time, if it's not a service like a plumber or something like that, and you are, say, it's a store, they own a, uh, like a mini department store or something like that, even if you're not super passionate about the products you're selling, you can hire someone to manage your business who is. Yeah. Yes. You, and yeah, you I would can, agree with that. And it takes money to make, you got to spend money to make money. Let's be real here. Hundred percent. So at the end of the day, yeah, you're not passionate about it. So take a cut of the profit, take it out, redirect it to someone who is passionate about it to grow this business to end up lining your pockets too. Yeah, and I agree with you on that in that aspect. But like you said, when you're going to start a business, you need to be passionate. You need to be passionate. You can't just look at an industry and be like, "This is a, the industry that will." have the best chances of making me the most money. That's what I'm going to get into. If you don't love it, if you don't want to eat, drink, and breathe your business, then you have no business there's being no, there. Oh, there's yes. no point to be there. You'll be there. You just won't be as successful as someone who's truly passionate about it. Yeah. You won't uh, be you, as successful as someone who's willing to fight for what they've built. Yeah. I, and I think that's the problem I run into is, it's a service-based industry. I have to learn the job and I have to do the job to even to take over the company. I mean, there's one employee. Yeah. So for to grow, I still have to be passionate about doing the work first before I can outsource to someone else. Yeah, that's fair. 
And I think that's where the downfall would be is it's not something I could see myself doing for five years before the, before I'm at a place where I can hire employees to do the work for me. That is, yeah. that is very fair. So, Hmm. I guess we can go dog on some fake millionaires now. I was excited about this one. We got fake millionaires. Like well, those, uh, those, like, in, those, uh, guru types that, Oh, there's one quick stop to become a millionaire. Yeah, like oh, Ty Lopez, like Jason Capital, Grant Cardone. No, you see, Grant Cardone is a true millionaire. He is a very wealthy man. I don't know. I listened to him talk on uh, the Wolf of Wall Street podcast and uh, kind of ripped him apart. Yeah. Like Grant Cardone didn't, didn't really know what he was talking about. But at the end of the day, Grant Cardone is still a successful man. He is. I mean, he's worth three hundred million dollars. Exactly. He is not a. I'm not saying fake, any of these guys are. He's not, not successful in their own right. He's a true. Millionaire. But like, they their their business is fucking dumb. Well, I mean, you can't really like, with, especially with Jordan Belfort. You know, the Wolf of Wall Street. You can't really compare anybody to him. He's really he's in his own space. He made that space, and I don't think anybody really is going to be able to touch him. No, it's just he's asking him basic questions about it, you know, because Grant Cardone's on the the whole marketing deal and everything. But Cardone also said that his true passion lies in real estate. That's what he loves doing. That's 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 where he made most of his money. That's where a lot of millionaires make most of their money, to be honest. He's high end real estate. Yeah. Commercial real estate. Yeah. But he was asking him, like, because Grant Cardone's one of those guru guys, it's like one stop shop. But take my class, you'll be successful with marketing class, sales class, whatever it may be. And he couldn't even answer ba- basic marketing and sales no, yeah, questions. I, I, I know what you're saying, but at the same time, he's a fucking genius for that. He's capitalizing on the, all these dumbass kids who want to become a millionaire overnight without working for it. And he's yeah. taking money out of their pockets and putting straight into his. But at the same time, what did Jordan Belfort do? He did the same exact thing. He took advantage of vulnerable people took their money and put it straight into his pocket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, he was a fucking genius yeah. for that one. That I mean, until 22. the FBI got on his trail. But what Grant but, Cardone yeah. is doing and all these gurus are doing is a legal version of what Jordan Belfort did. Yeah. Yeah. Taking, I mean, money from, get, just... taking money from clients and putting it straight into their own pockets. It's the I mean, same thing was... with like Jason Capital and Ty Lopez. Yeah. Who was the guy uh, in Wall Street that was that was essentially doing the same thing? They they kind of named the Ponzi scheme after him, I believe. I cannot remember his name. We talked about it in in economics back in like junior year of high school. I don't recall. I can't remember his name for the life of me. But this dude was was telling all these people. He's like, "Yep, I'm going to take your money and invest it, and you'll get a percentage back." Which he technically was doing that, but he was making a substantial amount more profit off of these people's money because he was telling them like, oh yeah, I'm going to give you this amount of money back. But he was making almost quadruple that and putting it straight into his own pocket. He's smart. I can't remember. I can't remember this guy's name for the life of me. He ended up, he ended up stealing like three or four billion dollars from people over the course of 10 years. It's like a pyramid scheme. 
Yeah, that's the only one who benefits from a pyramid scheme is the owner. Is the guy at the top? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really any young not eh, not entirely because of the new TikTok age, but like most young social media people with a big following aren't or not even big, somewhat substantial following that flaunt a lot of shit. It's not actually their shit. No, a lot of it's rented. A lot of it's... Well, the thing with social media, the problem is, is while they're in the, like, inner circle of being popular, all that stuff is theirs. But as soon as they fall off, the bank comes back and takes all of their stuff and takes it all away because they can't afford to keep up on the bills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See if we have any examples. I don't even know who this dude is. Haven't seen. I haven't either. Um. Yeah. Sorry for the listeners. We're not video yet, so that's cool. So you're not going to be able to see this. That's sad. Um. Explaining the can't see me detail. I just I know I'm just looking at social media. I don't know who any of these people are. They're not even like really big. Well, I mean, People. look at my man, Ty Lopez. Hey, no, he's not. That's yeah. how big he got book that guy. Big Hell book yeah. guy. Yeah. I read books and I make millions from these books. Yeah, that that was the one like YouTube ad that launched him to that bullshit. And my God, did it stick around forever. for a long time. I mean, if you look in the fitness industry, how many of these guys are just coming up with fake plans to promise you you're going to be shredding oh my god the push for sarms right now in the fitness industry is absolutely i'm not even talking sarms i'm talking like people saying crazy diets that are going to get you like the diets or do this workout and it'll get you an eight pack five minutes a day like bullshit if you look into the science that's not how fat works you fucking idiot and anybody with half a brain could realize that, but most people don't want to do their own research on it. They want to see the one easiest way, and that's that. Yeah, because people like are, intermittent fasting. People are simple-minded no. human beings. Keto diets, not really, kind of, but not really. It'll come back. Like <laughs> if it's one thing I could say after losing a hundred and almost ten pounds, the only sustainable way to lose weight or lose fat is a calorie deficit. That's it. That's that's it. That's it. Just calorie deficit. Put out more calories that you're taking in, and wow, it's like magic. You're losing fucking weight. There's no pills. Fat burner pills don't fucking work. That's not a thing. It's just caffeine, and it just makes your body all warm to think it's burning it off. Uh, these drinks, like, I mean, I guess apple cider vinegar actually does have... Yeah, no, it does have some effects. And some of those pills that people are marketing... They do work as long as they're in succession with a calorie deficit and sufficient exercise. Yep. Because, with an actual good diet. Yes, they'll work because they're like your L-carnitines, your L-arginines. What they do is they go in and they, they break up a certain way in your body. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a fitness expert. I'm just some average yeah. schmuck. But if you look at the science of things, some of these pills actually do convert into fat burners as long as they're being properly activated yeah because you can't outrun a bad diet it's not like you're going to take these pills like magic go pound a whole fucking pizza and you're going to be 20 pounds lighter that's not how shit works you need to change yourself before you try to add anything 
Fantastic. Like pre-workouts, creatines, stuff like that, That's that you're adding things to your body. But if you're keeping up with the same shitty diet, you're going to fail time and time again. True statement. No matter what. Like I was trying to drop weight, uh, a significant amount of weight, very, very fast. And uh, oh somebody suggested water fasting. I'm not going to name it, what the specifics were on the situation, but... Oh, boy. Essentially, too, I was not eating, I was not drinking water, I was having fucking ice cubes for dinner. I was chewing gum to get every bit of water out of my system. I wasn't swallowing the spit, I was spitting it into a fucking cup. I was in a sauna for three, four hours a day working out in that sauna. You know what happened to me? My entire fucking body locked up. The entire thing. All my muscles seized and I could not do anything. Remember when you were doing that and you were taking laxatives? Yep, Whoa. I do remember that. that Magnesium like citrate. It's a motherfucker. But you know what's awesome. really funny? You know what's really funny about all that? It did not work. I gained the pounds right back within probably two weeks. Well, I was yeah. I dropped from two thirty to about two twelve. I hit a plateau on this on this insane weight loss, right? Right back to it. I was right back up to two thirty and then some. I think I was like two forty five after it was all said and done. And I only ate like red meats and carbs well yeah i mean water weight doesn't disappear permanently no it doesn't it always comes back because there's water in everything yep but the thing is is you need you need water to live yeah you need water to live you no matter what anybody says you need water to survive drink fucking water don't don't cut water out of your body it's just not a good idea take it from personal experience you don't want to go to the hospital for dehydration you don't want to get to that point It took me about three or four days to recover and actually get my body back to hydration. I couldn't move. I could not move. I was, I was fatigued. Just my energy was gone. I had no will to do absolutely anything. I was trying to drag myself through workouts. I was constantly pounding water and it took, it took a while to get that back, to get back to what I am now and actually realizing, holy shit, the only way to do this is a good diet. And burning calories. Yep. So, boys. So let's let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. Can we can we talk about Destro- Detroit sports for a minute? How fucking terrible <laughs> they are. Oh it's, my god, it's they're that, so bad. And it's the, I want to specifically talk about the Detroit Lions, right? They just so got their everybody, ass everybody, right? Always thought over these over the past eight years or so, it was always Stafford's fault. It was always our quarterback's fault, right? Mm-hmm. So then, can somebody who is a is a Matt Stafford hater fucking talk to me and tell me where we're wrong now? Tell me what is wrong right now because you can't blame Stafford anymore because that motherfucker's over in L.A. killing it. He's absolutely killing it right. It's now. ownership and coaching, bro. Yeah, I don't. I, don't even I think never it's looked coaching. at Stafford. The Ford just family. Ownership. Yeah. The poor family doesn't give a fuck. They don't want him to be successful. I thought care. Stafford was money. actually a really good quarterback. Stafford, Stafford is really good at what he did. He is phenomenal. He just didn't have so the team. much for us. He wasn't surrounded by a good team, though. But he had weapons. That's the thing. It's just the way they set up those weapons fucking ruined well, him. Yeah. He also never had any protection. You gotta look at it the way of Detroit Lions had Matthew Stafford and a now Hall of Fame wide receiver playing together and they still went 0-16. Yeah. Yep. 
These two dudes put their bodies on the line every day. I've seen the pictures. I've seen what they've gone through. I saw what that like, like the picture of Calvin Johnson's hands after, after his career was said and done. Every single one of his fingers is broken. Every single one, all 10, right? I mean, Matt Stafford was playing with a, with a broken collarbone and threw a 60 yard fucking touchdown with the same arm. If you can't, if, if you tell me he's the problem, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. Oh, you know nothing about football. You're stupid. And obviously you're just going off of hype. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're on the bandwagon. That's really what exactly. it is. Exactly. Yeah, that's where you are. You're on the bandwagon. Because it's fun. It's fun to hate the Lions because they're absolutely terrible. Just yeah, like 10 years ago, play. 15 I don't years see ago, it was fun to hate the Browns. Well, it's fun to hate every Detroit team right now. Yeah. Just in general. You yes. Know, if you support right. Detroit sports, I mean, you're just always on the losing end. Well, what was it? The Wings opening night? Lost. Uh, but hey. Was it Tyler Bertuzzi scored four goals and we still lost? But they, in their defense, they played the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If we could just go back in time high, but... when Detroit sports were good, you know. When was we that? We had the OG Pistons. Yeah, but here's the problem. With the Lions Lions have never been in on the fucking wings. Here's the problem. With well, the, the Lions, yeah. I mean, don't worry about the Lions. Detroit has <laughs> never had a period in time where multiple teams were good at once. Oh, no. No. I mean, you got to look at it. The Tigers, great in the 80s, decent in the late 2000s, early 2010s. 2008 was really their year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Pistons, amazing in the, what was it, the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. They were amazing. But what other team was good then? None. The Lions always suck. Always. Yeah, they haven't never, been good ever. Well, <laughs> they've won never, a few. Wings, what was it before a Super Bowl win? What was it called? Just a national, national championship. championship. Yeah, we've won, I think, yeah, in the two 50s. of those, maybe the three. Yeah, the and they all wore leather helmets. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny and because we have, all these, we have all these le- absolutely legendary players that have played for Detroit. Like, you've got Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, fucking Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was on, was on the field making, like, five-star corners and safeties look stupid. He was putting them on skates every time he broke off that line. And, and we got nothing to show for it because the Lions fucking ruined him and he retired early. Oh, you want, just like Calvin You want to talk about letdowns? Let's talk about Detroit baseball. Oh, my God. Well, okay, let's think. Uh, uh, Max Scherzer leaves the Tigers, wins the World Series. You have... Everyone who Verlander, leaves the Tigers goes and wins the, the, Tigers, the World Series. Wins the World Series. You have... The team... I can confidently say Detroit Tigers went to shit when Leland retired. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They brought in, he actually had a fighting they, chance when Leland They was brought here. in Osmus, who should not have ever coached a baseball team. Nope. Not in the head, not in the manager's role. Maybe a catcher's coach for some reason. Uh, and then they who's the new guy? It's uh, da 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 da. Bob Gardenhire. Guy from the Diamondbacks. Gardenhire used to manage the Yankees. Oh, he did? Yeah. So Gardenhire is not bad. It's just now he was with the Twins, too. Yeah, that's where he's we, been before he everywhere. Yeah, I mean, well, now look at look at um, look at our team. Look at the state of our team. Who do we got, Miggy? No, but here's the thing: Detroit <laughs> I mean, has shit. a lot of promise coming up now. We have a we lot do of young now. Talent. Yeah, you got like we've had a lot of promise coming up since the '80s. All no, right, but like Akil yeah. Badu will be a stud one day. Yes, he will. Uh, yes, he will. Uh, Jake Rogers, the catcher, he'll be he. I have a feeling within the next five years he'll make an All Star team. He's a good guy. He's a solid catcher behind the plate. 
pitchers. I don't know why we let McCann go. M- McCann was McCann was kind of an asshole. Yeah, M- it doesn't matter if he was an asshole. He he had the best fucking throwdown percentage in the the MLB. But at the same time, he couldn't hit to save his life. No, no, he could. Well, that's our problem with a lot of our catchers. I mean, Alex Avila. No, our biggest problem. Is that fucking. But Avila dude, was leaves the Tigers. Joke. Avila leaves the Tigers, and he hits like two forty now. He's like a two forty career hitter. Yeah. The problem pretty, with the Tigers has always hitter. been our bullpen, though. Yeah. I mean, you, our bullpen has always suffered. We used to have a closer in Jose Valverde, who is either an absolute stud or like a 20 ERA. Yeah, he was either phenomenal or, or awful. Didn't belo- should never play baseball again. Should go back to Little League. Yeah. Like, there was really <laughs> no in between. But like, I- like, he blew that. He, he, he blew a lot of saves in the World Series. Yeah, he did. He blew a lot of saves regardless. He was the most nerve-wracking pitcher in the history of baseball that like, I've ever watched. When when the closer comes on, right? He's supposed to he's supposed to be that guy who strikes fear in exactly. the Exactly. He's team. supposed to and that motherfucker came on. We all had a heart attack. We were like, "Oh dear god. Oh my god, why He's either about to strike all three of these guys out on nine pitches or there's about to be five home runs this inning. Yeah, he's either about to completely annihilate this team or we're going to lose. Like there is no Your closer should instill confidence in you. Like your Mariano Rivera's. Yeah. Dirty as fuck. I was watching just his pitching. So absolutely dirty. He's really what a closer is in today's game. He's as close as you're going to get ah, to the, the most solid closer. You got your like, dudes, your Aroldis Chapmans. Like they're, they're he's figured out. Though. He's figured yeah, out. Yeah, but he is. They figured him ter- out. Went back in like the early 2010s, he was the most frightening well, man in baseball. Yeah, when, well, he was never with the seen when they made the World when Series run. When he was with the Reds, throwing 105, well, we, missing uh, McCutcheon's head by like an inch. Yeah, we really never saw that kind of heat, though, that consistently. Like, Verlander can get up there, but but like he was consistent with it. I think Verlander's... Every one, game he played. Verlander's one of the best pitchers in modern, modern baseball. Syndergaard's I mean, the only starter that consistently throws that hard. Uh, Dick, Fuck um, him for going to the Astros, Verlander. Fuck him for going to the Astros. But yeah, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame. No, he is. Fucking pitcher. How easy, man. I was watching some videos, I believe it was this summer, about pitchers who have in the eighth inning who have thrown over 102 miles an hour after starting a game, and he's the only pitcher to ever do it, and he's done it over 100 times. Yeah. He just like, He's going to be uh, fresh off Tommy John. He is, right? Yes, he is. And there's potential talks of him coming back. I hope not. No, a lot of people want to come back. I want, I want Verlander back so he can be a mentor for he's your Casey gonna... Mises for your younger guys. Yeah, like you but got, he's like... not going to change the team. No, but he's going to mentor these guys because he, he's a vet now. He's been playing forever. Yeah, he knows Casey the ins and outs. He knows what to do. Casey Mize, or how you say his last name, nice. is he's 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 got he's got promise. Oh, he's going to be a stud one day. Yeah. Where did uh where did Fulmer ever go? Where did Michael Fulmer end up going? Hopefully, the retirement. I, I, I thought he went to the Sox or something stupid. The 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 White Sox, but I'm not a hundred percent sure because like I mean, even looking at like guys like Juan Cespedes. J.D. Martinez, Cespedes fell off. Castellanos, he did, yeah, but perfect. like when he was still good, he wanted to come back. Most of these dudes wanted to come back because they really like Detroit and they want to, they want something to show for it when they've been there. But the thing is, 
can't do that when you're the only guy on the team yeah. fucking trying. Yeah, I forgot mentioning great players who once they leave Detroit become a stud. Nick Castellanos, J.D. Martinez. Oh, my God. J.D. Martinez uh, is a perfect example, bro. It's 40 fucking, tanks a year now. God, I can't remember his name now. Um, Cubs World Series, he was playing on Cleveland. He hit that bomb straight to the camera. Yeah, or uh, Ra- Raji Davis. Raji Davis. Davis, yep. Fucking stud. He hit it now. off of Chapman, too. He bombed that ball. That was sweet. That was something to watch right there. And, like, I don't know. I feel like players come to Detroit to die. Either they come here to die or they leave. And as soon as they leave, like Upton. Justin Upton was a stud before he came to Detroit. He was okay in Detroit, and then he left and he got good again. Yeah. Most overpaid player in baseball right now, Gil. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I hate to say it, but yeah. No, no, Bryce Harper is is a very good example of a very overpaid player. No, but if you actually break down some of the deep stats... Bryce Harper is a fucking stud. If you look, okay, you want to break down this deep stats? Miggy's a hall. No, you know I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like your wars, your offensive wars, your B wars, your stuff like that. Like your oh yeah, all those dumb statistics. I'm talking like those. He is an absolute menace. But he's not worth that contract, though. No, fuck no, he's not. Then Unless again, he picks it up in the next year or so, he ain't fucking worth Then that is shit. Miguel Cabrera worth $30 million a year to hit 200 and Right now, no. I think they should when they the signed, the free up that damn cap space. When they signed Miguel Cabrera, absolutely worth Oh, hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. But dude. nowadays, he's I, he back needs to, to retire. Back, back-to-back MVP, triple crown winner. Like, come on, dude. But nowadays, he's making he's a third of the Tigers' budget for such minimal production. For getting injured. 10 games into the season and not coming back till right yeah. before playoffs. I mean, but he will be a hall of famer. Absolutely. Will, yeah. Absolutely. See Trout's had unlo- or been very unlucky with his health ever since he got his money. Yeah. Yeah, he has, but he, but it's the funny thing is, is when he's back, he's very, very good. He's consistently good. Yeah. He just, he's injury. Plague. Yeah, but you got yeah. you got your guys like Juan Soto. You got all these young guys who are absolute studs now. You want to talk about young studs? Shohei Otani. Otani, yeah, he's the Otani's oh an animal. God, he's, he's, he's the next uh, five hundred million dollar man. Absolutely. He oh yeah, be, he should be on max contract here shortly. They need to. They're going to buy him out of arbitration and just get him on a ten year deal. Oh yeah. Honestly, though, I wasn't. I mean, no bait. No. Athletes should be paid that amount of money. See, because they're athletes, I, they get paid to play. A I game. disagree, because at the same time, that athlete is bringing people into the that city. Which is yeah, then, they're buying jerseys from that team. Well, not even just they're that, buying just tickets to go tickets, to the game. which is then directly going back to the local economy. Yeah, it's a, yeah, but at the, if, if, say, the, if the if the local government does it yeah. right, because I mean, look at San Francisco. It's weird to say. Great stadium. Wow. Look outside of it, dog shit. It smells like piss. Yeah. And you, it's a really I mean, cool stadium, though. I'm so glad I got there. But if anyone was going to get that money, I'm glad it was Trout. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's a good guy. He's I a good guy, get... and he's the best all-around ball player in the league. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name on the Pirates? That just got the fucking massive contract? Mm. What was his name? Uh, he was on the cover of the show. No, year. he's on the Padres. And or, yeah, sorry, Fernando Tatis. Tatis. Yeah, Tatis. I don't think Tatis was up to the hype. 
I don't think he does either, but he's still a damn good player. Oh, he's, he's making he's a, baseball fun. He's a major league baseball player. No shit, he's damn good. Yeah. But he's 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 making uncommon amongst uncommon men. That's essentially is what he is. Like we were looking at I, I feel like a lot of people are looking at him the same way they were looking at Yasiel Puig five years ago. Of this dude's a fucking beast. He's a hard hitter. He's a shit talker. He doesn't take any shit from anybody. Now we're gonna see if he can hold up better than Puig. Well, Puig only but got Puig got canned because he ran his damn mouth. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said. But... Well, he ran his mouth and fought his own teammates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He did. They called him Wild Horse for a reason. All right, I want to hear everybody's individual opinion on this in all of history. Greatest baseball player of all time. Ooh, it's tough. Uh, let me narrow it down a little bit. Greatest non-pitcher of all time. Okay, that does narrow it down. Non pitcher. You're gonna have to give me a second to think about that. Oh no, Dick, take your time. Take your time. I already have all my predetermined biases. So it's tough. It's really tough, though. It is very tough. Take it on a five tool aspect. Who is the best all around player that was not a pitcher? Five tool. Okay. Ty Cobb. I can hear clicks. You motherfuckers better not be doing this shit. (laughs) Ty Cobb would be one of them. See, most people would say Babe Ruth, but I disagree. No, I disagree as well. I absolutely say no. He was he was playing baseball before black people could compete. And you say he was the best when dudes were throwing fucking 75 miles an hour. Get the fuck out of here. They know documentary show that they were See, still throwing hard back then. Yeah. You had Bob Feller who allegedly threw 110. Uh, I don't believe it because it was, I don't believe it, it was 1920s technology, but yeah, hmm. I don't doubt that he threw hard. You see that's but I mean, like, look at the dude's diet. Look at Babe Ruth's diet. He pounded a hot dog and a beer before every fucking game. But he still went out and hit tanks. Dude wasn't the best. But I see that's really hard because I mean I know who I would say respectfully enough. I know exactly who I'd say. Who who would that be? It's, an it's gotta be Ken. It's gotta be Kenny. Ken Griffey fucking Jr. It's gotta see, be. I, In my personal opinion, Ken Griffey Jr. is the best all around player because he was fucking selling out every time on defense he was killing it on offense and he stayed consistent until the end of his career see i don't know i don't like you could say your mickey mantles your ty Cobbs, these old players but at the same time i don't want to go with them because who knows how they actually played you can't actually see yeah but yeah but the numbers well, i mean alone. numbers don't lie yeah numbers statutes they don't, it's a different, multiple 400 batting average seasons. it's a different game now it is. Yeah. It's hard to compare. I mean, I guess you could take into account these guys being able, if they're able to adapt to like how the new age of baseball you is. See, my mind, if I'm going modern day, like from 70s and up, I would say you have like your Ricky Hendersons. Mm-hmm. Your, I, this is a real hot take, but Barry Bonds. Oh, even with the even, even with the with steroids the juice, thing. because juice was so common back then. Yeah, everybody yeah. was juicing, and he was and he's get- fucking crushing that well, ball. Juice do- juicing doesn't m- mean you can hit the ball well. Yeah. No, no. It just and means there's a, fucking testosterone. There's a stat about Barry Bonds where you could walk Barry Bonds every single time and his, his on base his on base plus slugging or whatever would still be higher. Like, oh yeah. Like he has some crazy stats like that. 
And like even before Pete Rose, Pete Rose stud. Yeah. But even before yep. Barry Bonds was uh, a juice head, Jersey. He was still good. Yeah. He just ended up getting that upper edge. Exactly. So like your Barry Through Bonds, he's still a stud. McGuire. Yeah. McGuire. McGuire. Yeah. Juice head. Sammy Sosa. I wouldn't consider him one of the greats, but Sammy Sosa's white now, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is a little. Not weird. even kidding. He freaking bleached his skin. Because I mean, if you want to say somebody who's who was backed against the wall, my personal favorite of all time, Jackie Robinson. Oh yeah, you could say he was. He's he's one of the greatest of all time baseball players in general. Not even for what Ready? he did oh for the for the civil rights movement See or that? anything like Look that. that. Look at that transition. Yeah, that is weird. He's a he's a lizard person now. Made himself white. But, yeah, but he pulled him. If you Jackson. go all around athletes who ever play baseball, I say number one is Bo Jackson. Mm. Because I like that. Like, answer. like I like athlete, that answer. Like pure athletic talent. Pure ath- yes, pure athlete. Bo Jackson. My man on Sundays would just truck through people, and then my Tuesday man after- ran up a wall. Yeah. Then Tuesday afternoon, he he's snapping bats over his helmet. He ran up a wall. I mean, shit. Why is there a picture of Brock Lesnar? <laughs> yeah, what I don't know. Fuck? I don't know why. Oh, he's because they. Okay, hot take on Brock Lesnar in the MMA world. I'm not as impressed as I should be. No. I'm not impressed with his performances at all. I mean, a, he was a WWE guy. He used to be a and stud. The, he, and then he, he's once, still the only WWE wrestler to actually be able to convert to real combat sports yeah what was that cm punk i think it was his name he tried it dude got his ass kicked twice and they kicked him out <laughs> fuck that guy no i wouldn't say fuck him yeah he's the, he's one of the only guys who actually had the balls to get in the ring and actually fight somebody and not do some scripted ass shit like wrestling is cool and all it's brought up a lot of of real celebrities like the rock john cena guys like that but it's at the end of the day, it's still fake fighting. Yeah, you can't say these dudes are tough. I mean, I can almost guarantee you the Rock would beat the shit out. Oh, 100 percent, right? Yeah, but it, it, but put him up against somebody his size, like Fra- put him up against Francis and Gano. Yeah, wouldn't even put close. the Rock, who is in his twenties, against Francis and Gano right now. Wouldn't be close. I guarantee you, Francis and Gano washes the fucking floor with him. Hey, yo, real quick, off topic. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, someone's shooting a movie in space. Who is? I don't know. Jackson, you were looking into this a little bit. Russians. It is the Russians. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Russians, man. (laughs) First to shoot scenes of a movie in space. So are we about to go out there and make a full-length feature film? I doubt it. They did it on the ISS. Um, They shot some scenes in the movie, which is, a, I mean, crazy. I wonder how it's going to be. It's a Russian movie. It's going to suck. It's going to be full of communist things. They can't channel their commie... Magic. Is there any way like we that. see that? Okay, we love this. Damn commie, oh, shut us down. Gotta love Squadcast, right? Yeah, Fucking Russia's right. killed Dude, us. Dude, it's literally okay. La- only other time this has happened was uh, when we talked about the CIA. <laughs> it's the commies, dude. They're coming for us. We talked about the commies for like five seconds. Happens again. Every other episode's been fine that we've recorded on here. Anyways, I guess we're done talking about them. Yep. So, um, opinions on crypto and NFTs, Mike. Cryptos, I see them in the future, but I don't think they're the future currency. 
Uh, you don't see Bitcoin becoming no Bitcoin and Ethereum running the show. No. Do you see Bitcoin going as high as they they say it will? Yes. Like ninety five hundred thousand easily. Coin. It's already. At, it was at like sixty thousand. What a couple like a month ago. Let me check what it's at right now. Bitcoin currently is at sixty two. Exactly. Exactly. It's at sixty two thousand dollars. It'll hit a hundred thousand dollars. That's not a question. How long do you think before that? Ah, say sometime next year. I mean, dude, you could have made a hundred thousand off Bitcoin right now. It dropped to fifty eight thousand dollars today and is back up to sixty two thousand dollars. Exactly. Bitcoin's insane. What about NFTs? I'm not too familiar with NFTs. Do you have, do you do you understand the basic concept? Not really. I haven't done much research on them. So, like, and it kind of, in my opinion, I think they're fucking dumb. But essentially, what it is is you bought, you're buying the original files and special rights to a JPEG or a video or music or something like that, and you get special privileges and that only you have access to. Okay. No, I think. But I, it's, I, I don't see any point of that. But like the biggest or the most expensive. NFT in the world is a fucking JPEG. Uh, and it's like, how much did we say it was? It's like 64 million or something like that. Uh, that's just some like weird shit, honestly. I think it's a fad. It is. Like what? What about that is sustainable in a fucking market? In a free market. Yeah, no, I'm not. I've not. I don't think they really have a future Let's see hold on we'll, we'll uh we'll get some examples going here um okay that's don't know what the fuck that is where's the expensive one um but, 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 and they all sell like for ethereum and shit so they're tied into crypto yeah yes but what's okay, that? well, I stated Rick my Snowden. i I stated my uh, opinion on crypto, so uh, I don't think NFTs, if they're involved with crypto, will be the future. There you go, right there, people, sixty nine million. That's how much the most expensive NFT is. I just think it's something for rich people to just spend Buy. money on. Yeah, kind of like art. Yeah, it's like digital art. At least art is physical and it's a legitimate investment i mean but it's digital though it's not someone something can art is not something someone can just screenshot yeah like an original work of art is a little different in my opinion than uh a jpeg image yeah like yeah there's original jpegs but there's fucking millions of copies of jpegs and you're not gonna ever get a true original well Look at the what is it called the lazy lazy ape or some shit or bored ape, and then look at the Mona Lisa. I mean, yeah. come on now. What the hell is this? People crossroads. That's just like a morbidly obese dead thing. Sounds hot. <laughs> it's like art for the digital world or gifts, and um, I really don't completely understand it. I also don't understand the art world necessarily. I think art's a very overpriced thing. I don't necessarily understand it myself either. I can tell I you what it. I know about art. Art I is understand for... it Go ahead. more than NFTs. 
art is a very it's a great thing to have for rich people because you can run some serious tax write-offs with art. I guess, yeah. You can pay someone $1,000 to make something, pay your appraiser buddy. Yeah, like that stuff is just, it's pointless. Like millions of dollars. I guess this one's kind of cool. It just looks like a guy who wears glasses. Yeah, but Snowden supposed to be his like leaked documents. I think. Uh, no, bro, that shit looks dumb as fuck. I ain't paying no money for nothing like that. I'm not that. paying for it, but it looks kind of cool. There you go. Just screenshot it, and there you go. You have it now. Yeah, yeah exactly. you own it. That's what makes no sense to me. Is I guess with an actual with physical art, I can't just copy it like that. I mean, you can, but like it's not the it's same. It's not the same. Yeah, it'll some, never be the same. Some art nerd will just come along and tell you how it's not real, and you're a disgrace. And there you go. There you go. Here's a good one. I may be a disgrace, but I'll definitely still punch you in the face for calling <laughs> me a disgrace. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> so, Mike. Yeah. Before we started recording, uh, you said that you kind of disagreed about some things we said in the uh, cons- our conspiracy theory oh, episode. Oh, yes. I would love to get into this. <laughs> So, hit us. So, about the JFK thing. You guys pretty much said the mob was... I don't know. I feel like the mob definitely had some involvement in the JFK assassination. I'd like to clarify. Noah said that. Yeah. The mob was such a powerful entity back in the 60s. It was absolutely insane how crazy they were. Oh, yeah. I was for it. The rest of these guys... We're fucking playing against me. So I'm not going to say that there was no mob involvement because that would just be a stupid assumption, right? But I feel that the CIA had more of an involvement because they had more to gain from killing Kennedy. And that's why I believe it was CIA based as well. I believe it was more CIA based, but I can also understand the theory on the mob. The reason I think it was mob is because the mob got Kennedy in office. Yeah, and when Kennedy didn't promise the or deliver what the mob wanted, what was the point of them keeping him in office? They K- Kennedy knew all the inner secrets of the mob. His dad was a mobster; like he knew how the mob works. He could easily expose them. So why would, if he's not delivering what he promised to them, why would they want to keep him in office if he they, he could expose them and ruin them? And that was his plan. He was going to drain the swamp on the government. Exactly. So that there is the reason the mob wants him out of office. I don't disagree with you. I just feel like don't get me wrong. I the CIA could have done it as well. Who knows? No one truly knows what happened that day. No, their theories for a reason. But Lee Harvey Oswald did. Yes, he did. (laughs) He did. Lee Harvey Oswald is probably one of the only people who truly knew what the fuck happened. Yeah, or uh, Ruby. Yeah, Jack Ruby. I don't actually think uh, Lee Harvey would know anything. I think he was just a pawn in it. He was just someone to ship blame. Yeah, but I think he... a possibility as well. I think he might have had some intuitions about what was going on as well. About who he was hired by. Honestly, I I feel like there's not... No, no one alive now truly knows the reason of what happened. 
No, there's no, we're never going to find out. Exactly. It's in the CIA archive somewhere. Yeah. And if it, even if you like request anything, any documentation through the Freedom of Information Act, it's all going to come through as redacted. Yeah. So I feel like the CIA definitely knows what happened because that's their business. That's their job. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, you, you know how quick they cleaned out the presidential limousine? They were cleaning in the parking lot of the fucking hospital when they took him out of it. They Did they clean Jackie it. Kennedy up too? No, they went. Kennedy, <laughs> Jackie went, let him. She wanted, she wanted to go on live national television looking like that. So they knew <laughs> her words were, I want them to know what they did to Jack. Yeah, but they know they did it. Why, why the fuck would they care? No, she said, she said, not, oh, not oh, oh, sorry. The, the sorry. United States. She wanted the people of the United States to know what they yeah. did to him. I Which we all, I mean, not us, obviously, but everybody around at that time found out very, very shortly after. Yeah, I mean, there's the JFK assassination has so many different conspiracy theories. Some of them are really the magic stupid. bullet. Yeah, the magic bullet one, the one that just disappears, or the one single bullet that traveled through like three people. Yeah. yeah. Or like it what was it? It like went in his head, went out, came back around into his throat, went yeah. down his arm, or w- then went through his chest, out his chest, then hit the governor in front of him, went down through the governor's I arm. Mean, bullets do weird things, but not but like they that. Don't not that weird. That. <laughs> not that. I mean, weird. you you just have to look at physics and ballistics to 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 really to stop that conspiracy theory from being a thing. Yeah, no, that is like oh, don't get me wrong, the magic bullet is bullshit. Because it was a thirty odd six rifle, right? Yes, they, they fired. Yeah, a thirty odd six will go and expand. Yeah, it's, it's just, not a twenty two. It's not going to bounce around in there. But bullets do do weird things. But, I mean, yes, but even a twenty two, it'll bounce around in you, but it does not have enough power to come back out come and go to someone out. else and bounce around. Well, pierce the, them. The headshot alone, you can watch the video. Um, when you get shot in the head. Uh, typically, if you get shot from the your face, from in your face, uh, your head goes backwards, not the other way around, like they claimed. Yeah, and 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 typically, typically, I mean, I'm no I'm no ballistics expert, but typically the exit wound is far larger than the yeah, entrance. Unless you're shooting an inverse bullet that somehow, when you shoot, is already expanded and then contracts, which I don't think there's anything like that. <laughs> nope, no, it's not, a not thing. to my knowledge. I don't know. CIA, maybe maybe it was CIA. They're using some crazy technology. Hey, why wouldn't they just bullets. use a heart attack on the the, uh, the uh, umbrella gun they were talking about? They probably couldn't get close to them, close enough to them for the heart attack gun. I think there is like a. You're the CIA. You can get close to anybody. Yeah, but this is old CIA, bro. They were yeah. still using fucking seals for all their <laughs> shit. He did not have a uh, heart attack, though. I think that's pretty obvious to tell. Yeah, yeah they should have also... used the heart attack gun. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they should have. There was also the. Conspiracy theory that the driver turned around and shot the guy in the head. Pretty sure you would have saw that on the Zapruder film. Probably. I'd yeah, imagine. I mean, the whole thing was filmed. I really don't know how, how, <laughs> how you couldn't see that one. Pretty sure I you would have saw a muzzle flash. Yeah, very clearly. I think you would see a man very clearly turn around holding a firearm. And it would have to be a high caliber. Very high caliber round to do the damage you did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
Like Pulled a 30 out six. <laughs> Pull the fucking trigger. I yeah. think he was shot with an ice bullet. Oh, yeah. I think it was oh, fake. Just illogical. I think there was an implant in his head that exploded. Yeah, that's a good one. Some uh, Kingsman shit. Yeah. Some soon-to-be Elon Musk shit. Yeah, I'm not getting that implant. It's a horrible uh, idea. Bro, I've seen Terminator. I'm good. <laughs> I see where this AI shit is going. I'm all set. I don't want no Arnold coming back in time to kill my ass. Fuck that. Hey, Arnold was the good guy. Calm down. Yeah, but that's what he was originally sent to do. Yeah. Alrighty, boys. We have eaten up about all of our time here tonight. We have. Like any, uh, any promotion or announcements you want to make before we get out of here? Like any social media you want to drop? Anything no, like that? I, I'm pretty good. I mean, if you, need, good. if you need insurance, I'm the guy to come to, but. <laughs> Trying to get those fucking sales up. Something like that. All righty. It's been fun. It has been. Hopefully, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was a hopefully, great yeah, talk. Hopefully, we, uh, we can get you on here again at some time. Oh, whatever. I'm I'm pretty a uh, pretty open guy, except during the week and most weekends. <laughs> oh no! Okay. <laughs> it will be. We'll be in con- a contact, and obviously, if you want to be on here again, we'd be more than glad to have you on here. Fantabulous. But, uh, thank you for. No problem. Thanks. Coming on and talking. Yeah, thanks for having me on, boys. Have a good night. Yep.